All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the DFO Fantasy Podcast Morning Report. It is Monday, October the 30th, and the DFO Fantasy Podcast is presented by Betway. If you're going to place a bet, bet on Betway. Please play responsibly. Ontario only must be 19 years of age or older. Welcome back to another Morning Report uh, where we will break down everything that we saw in the NHL over the last week, some of the biggest performances in fantasy. Also take a look ahead at this week and give you some streaming options. But let's start with last week, and here were your outstanding performances from a week ago. Starting with the forwards, we have David Pasternak. Three games played, he had three goals, two assists, and 17 shots on goal. Uh, Alex Ovechkin was able to one-up him, though. He had two goals, four assists, and 28 shots on goal in just four games, averaging seven shots on goal per game, also added in five hits. Evander Kane had three games played last week, two goals, three assists, 12 shots on goal, and really excelled in banger leagues where he added 15 hits, five hits per game, four shots on goal. Great stuff from Evander Kane. Taylor Toffoli had a huge week, six goals, one assist, and 14 shots in four games. His teammates, Jesper Bratt, three goals, three assists for six points in four games, also added 10 shots on goal. Jack Hughes, eight points, one goal, seven assists assists, excuse me, nine shots on goal in four games. A couple of Anaheim Ducks on the list. Frank Petrano, four goals, no assists, but had nine shots on goal and five hits in just three games. He's off to an outstanding start playing more ice time than he's ever played in his career. Also firing the biscuit more than ever as well. Ryan Strom had a good week as well. Two goals, four assists, six shots on goal in three games. A couple more forwards to talk about here. Ryan Hartman of the Minnesota Wild. He had a massive five-point outing last week, which uh, helped him get seven points, five goals, two assists, 15 shots on goal in four games played. Dylan Strom, um, both Hartman and Dylan Strom were on the streaming section of this uh, show a week ago, so feel really good about those two picks. Uh, Dylan Strom had... Uh, four goals, no assist, eight shots on goal in four games. Tage Thompson and Jeff Skinner both had nice weeks as well. Three goals, two assists, 17 shots on goal, and four hits in four games for Tage. And Skinner had three goals, three assists, 18 shots on goal. A couple of defensemen. 
Veteran Drew Doughty had a really nice week, especially over the weekend. Three goals, one assist, six shots on goal, and seven hits in three games. Charlie McAvoy had four points, one goal, three assists, and ten shots in three games. Shea Theodore, two goals, two assists, ten shots in three games. Morgan Riley, after a slow start, had two goals, two assists, seven shots on net in three contests. Adam Fox, two goals, three assists, six shots in three games. Ross Mistaline, two goals, one assist, eight shots on goal, and eight Hit in four games. So you love to see that from Ross Mistalian, especially the hits if you're in a banger league. Luke Hughes, no goals, but added five assists, eight shots on goal in four games played. The other thing that's really important about Luke Hughes is we've seen his ice time slowly start to climb. The one concern about Luke Hughes coming into this season was how much usage he was going to get, how much power play opportunity he would get with Dougie Hamilton being on the team. Both of those concerns have been erased pretty early on. He uh, is on the top power play unit or with the 1A unit. Uh, he's on the Jack Hughes unit, which is really all that matters. And he's also been up over 19, 20 minutes a night uh, in recent contests. So really good stuff from Luke Hughes if he's still available in your leagues. I suggest that you go out and get him. Evan Bouchard of the Edmonton Oilers, two goals, two assists, eight shots on goal in three games played as his breakout season continues. Between the pipes, Jonas Johansson had a sparkling week. As perfect as it can be, 2-0 with a 0.00 goals against average and a 1,000 save percentage. Two shutouts back-to-back for Johansson as he continues to fill in for Andre Vasilevsky pretty admirably. I said it from the beginning. The way the Lightning approached this and not going out and adding anybody uh, made me believe that they had a lot of confidence in what Jonas Johansson could bring to their crease, and so far he's delivered and then some. Jeremy Swayman had an outstanding week as well, 2-0 with a .5 goals against average, 978 save percentage in one shutout. His early season run of stellar play continued. Speaking of stellar play, Joseph Wall seems to be stealing the crease uh, from Ilya Sansonov in Toronto, 2-0 with a 1.00 goals against average and a 9 71 save percentage last week. Jake Allen can, talking about uh, can, you know cementing yourself in the crease. Jake Allen has really taken over the Montreal Canadiens crease, especially with his performance last week. 2-0 with a 1.92 goals against average and a 9.51 save percentage. Thatcher Demko 2-0 with a 1.00 goals against average and a 9.50 save percentage. Connor Hellebuck 2-0 with a 1.51 and a 9.46 save percentage. Igor Shesterkin 2-0 with a 1.95 goals against average and a 9.32 save percentage. So a bit of a slow start for Igor Shesterkin obviously figuring things out now. Logan Thompson for the Vegas Golden Knights also went 2-0, 2.4 goals against average and a 9.25 save percentage. And the only goalie to win three games last week, although he did not start one, so I don't know if you guys left him in your lineup by accident. If you did, you reap the benefits. But Vitek Vanasek of the New Jersey Devils, 3-0. The split's not quite as strong, but still, only goalie to win three games, 3.04 goals against average, 8.96 save percentage for Vanacek. And then Uko Pekka Lukanen, 2-0 with a 2.84 goals against average and a 9.14 save percentage, including a shutout on Sunday. So if you streamed him against the Avalanche, terrible matchup to stream him, but if you went for it because you had no choice, he repaid you big time uh, with a shutout. So with Eric Comrie out week to week and Devin Levi still day-to-day, Ukapeka Lukanen is the number one in Buffalo right now. If you need goaltending help, Lukanen looks like a decent pickup for the short term. The injury report, uh, Brandon Montour and Aaron Ekblad both skated in non-contact jerseys on Sunday and will travel with the team on the road trip this week. Uh, it doesn't really appear like either players return is imminent although it looks like they might be slightly ahead of schedule both at the moment are are trending towards a return around american thanksgiving again um, as they continue to skate 
this timeline could be accelerated and we'll expect the Panthers to continue to give us updates on both of their statuses. But so far, so good for both Montour and Aaron Ekblad. And then another piece of news from Florida, Sam Bennett. Uh, is expected to make his debut season debut after missing the start of the year with a lower body injury. It could come as soon as their next game. Thomas Shabbat will miss four to six weeks with a fractured hand. They're also without Artem Zib and uh, Eric Brandstrom. So tough times on the uh, Ottawa Senators blue line, although Jake Sanderson and Jacob Chikrin suddenly become absolute fantasy studs. If for whatever reason, either one is available in your league, make sure you are picking up Sanderson and Chikrin. Uh, Connor McDavid returned to the Oilers lineup for Sunday's Heritage Classic after missing a couple of games with an upper body injury. Brett Pesci is expected to miss two to four weeks with a lower body injury. And David Savard will miss six to eight weeks with a broken left hand. Let's turn our attention to this week's streaming targets. Again, I write an article every single Monday morning on dailyfaceoff.com breaking down the weekly strength of schedule and outlining the best streaming targets. So let's roll through them now. Let's start with the Arizona Coyotes, who have the best strength of schedule this week, also have one game on a light day. It is worth mentioning before we jump right in that this is a little bit of a weird schedule this week. Usually Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday are your light days. Monday is a little bit heavier this week, nine games, which leaves us with just two on Tuesday, which I'm assuming has to do with the fact that tomorrow is Halloween, trying to give the players a night off. It's only two games on Tuesday, which is typically a busy night. So your light nights this week are Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Monday, there is nine games, so it's not necessarily a busy night. You should still have room on your roster for a player or two, uh, depending on, obviously, who you've got. But uh, So, yeah, kind of like five light nights this week. Um, if you look at it and you've got some room in, on your roster on Monday, uh, I did not classify nine games as a light night, but you should still have room uh, to add any of these players if they do play on Monday. So anyways, back to it uh, with the Arizona Coyotes. They're the best schedule this week, four games, one light night, and an average opponent rating of 66.2, which is the second easiest in week four. Arizona also plays three of its four games on home ice, where they've been much better offensively since the beginning of last season. The Coyotes have averaged 3.1 goals per game at home and just 2.4 goals per game on the road. Their top streaming option is Nick Schmaltz, center right wing, 37% owned. Schmaltz enters week four on a four-game point streak, picking up one goal and four assists during that time. Unsurprisingly, Schmaltz is over a point per game on the season, and he's posted 17 goals, 28 assists for 45 points in his last 40 regular season games dating back to last season when healthy Schmaltz is one of the most underrated and underappreciated fantasy assets. It's just a matter of staying healthy for him. He's going to be around or over a point per game while he is in the lineup. Logan Cooley, 36% owned. Cooley's uh, NHL career got off to a really quick start. He had two assists, averaged 19 and a half minutes in his first two games. However, he's cooled off since with just two assists in his last five games and his ice time has dropped pretty considerably, especially last game where he was dropped to the third line and played just 11 and a half minutes. Still, he has flashed brilliant skill early on, and he's still on the Coyotes' top power play unit. So I think if Schmaltz isn't available, I believe Logan Cooley at 36% owned is worth a stream. In some deeper leagues, Barrett Hayton represents a, a great streaming option as well. Shockingly, he has still not got on the score sheet this season, despite being a fixture on their top line and top power play unit where his line mates, Nick Schmaltz and Clayton Keller, have combined for 16 points. So it doesn't make a ton of sense. You'd expect some positive regression here for Barrett Hayton coming soon. Uh, he has the fifth most shots of any player in the NHL without a goal so far this season. And his 
Uh, ice time, 20 minutes on average, makes him a little bit more of a reliable streaming option than Cooley. Probably a, uh, a lower ceiling, but uh, a little bit of a better floor than what Cooley has to offer, especially if Cooley continues to only play around 11 or 12 minutes like he did in their most recent contest. Matias Michelli, just 6% owned. If you're looking for goals this week, you should probably look elsewhere. However, if you're looking for some steady point production, particularly assists, Michelli represents that. Uh, he is shooting actually a lot more than last season, which is good. It, it could lead or should lead to more goals, uh, but still it leaves plenty to be desired in terms of shot volume. But he's locked into a top six role on the Coyotes roster and power play two usage. And uh, dating back to last season, he has 24 points, 8 goals, 16 assists in his last 27 regular season games. So those are your top four uh, streaming options from the Arizona Coyotes. Now let's turn our attention to the Dallas Stars, who finally get to play this week. Through three weeks, they've only played a league-low six games, um, but they have four this week, including one on a light night and an average opponent rating of 54.4, which is the seventh easiest. Before I dive into the Dallas Stars streaming options, it's worth mentioning you should be going after Dallas Stars right now. Like, if people aren't realizing just how few games they've played, they might just think, oh, these guys are off to a slow start. Like, somebody like, I mean, particular, in particular, Jason Robertson would be the best candidate. Obviously, if you can get Robertson on the cheap right now, it's as good as it gets. But Rupe, Hans, Joe Pavelski, Miro Heiskanen, I mean, some of these guys, just they haven't played enough, and their stats are obviously lower as a result. So if people don't realize that they just haven't played, then you might be able to get some Dallas Stars on the cheap. In terms of picking them up off the waiver wire, for a streaming uh, target this week, we got Tyler Segan, center right wing eligible at 28% owned. Again, in the limited action that the Dallas Stars have played this year, Segan has one goal and two assists, three points uh, in six games. His usage has been very consistent to what we saw last year on 15, 16, 17 minutes a night, uh, where he had 50 points last year, 21 goals, 29 assists in 76 games. Um, but yeah, this year so far, his on-ice shooting percentage of just 7.1 suggests that there's probably better days ahead. And hopefully, you know, just playing games will help, obviously. But some easier matchups this week will help him increase the uninspiring shot volume we've seen from Segan so far this season. One of his line mates, Matt Duchesne, center right wing eligible as well, just 27% owned. He's skated with Segan at 5v5 and on the second power play unit has just two assists in six games. Unlike Segan, though, he's been playing quite a bit. Duchesne leads all-stars forwards, even strength time on ice so far this season. Uh, so to me, probably just a slightly better streaming option than Segan just on the ice time alone. Wyatt Johnson might be the most intriguing Dallas star this week. After a strong rookie season, Johnson has picked up two goals and three assists, five points in his last six, or his first six games, excuse me, to start the 23-24 season. The most encouraging sign for Johnson is he's increased his time on ice and shot volume this year. Uh, he's averaging two more minutes per game so far this season. That's resulted in 1.3 more shots per or shot attempts per game so far. So great stuff early on from Wyatt Johnson. And dating back to the middle of last season, Johnson has 28 points, 15 goals, 13 assists in his last 42 regular season games. That's more points than both Duchesne, who has 24 points over that time, and Tyler Segan, who has 22 points during that stretch. Moving on, we got the Vegas Golden Knights, the third easiest schedule on the week, or I should say third best schedule. Vegas has um, four games, one light night, and the 10th easiest average opponent this week. But again, the four games is key this week. Only a handful of teams playing that many games. Chandler Stevenson, 51% owned. So rostered in more than half of Yahoo leagues. It's unlikely that Stevenson is available in your league, but he is a terrific option if he is available. Stevenson has been held off of the score sheet in three straight games, but still has seven points, two goals, five assists in nine games this season. His usage is what really makes him appealing. He plays on the second line as well as the top power play unit and averaging just under 20 minutes a night. William Carlson, otherwise known as Wild Bill, is 39% owned, and he's looking like the version of himself that we saw 
in the Golden Knights inaugural season when he had a ridiculous 43 goals and 78 points in 82 games. That seems like a lifetime ago. Carlson is on a heater right now as he's tied for the team lead with 10 points, three goals, seven assists in their first nine games. The 31-year-old is certainly making the most of his third-line role, but it's been largely fueled by a 17.8 on a shooting percentage, which will not last forever. But it's worth latching on to him right now while he is on fire. So I like William Carlson as a streaming option this week. Uh, speaking of making the most of your opportunities, that is not what Ivan Barbashev is doing. Barbashev is center left wing eligible, still 37% owned, but he's failed to produce while playing on the top line with Jack Eichel and Jonathan Marsh or so. Uh, but the one thing that is consistent is the Golden Knights seem content in keeping him in that role, making him a solid streamer if he breaks out this year. With that said, he's only averaging 1.3 shots on goal uh, so far this season and has yet to pick up an assist in nine games. So there's not much to suggest he's going to start producing like he did after he was traded to Vegas last season and in the postseason last year, but he's still in a prime role. And at the end of the day, a lot of times with streaming options, that's kind of all you're looking for is opportunity. And you get that with Barbashev. The Philadelphia Flyers are next on the list. They have the fourth best schedule this week and one of the best targets because uh, they have the best light night schedule as well. So if you if you check out my post from today, uh, I not only provide the, the whole look at this week and who has the best schedule, but also which teams play on the light nights and which team has the best light night schedule. And the Flyers do this year, uh, this week. So uh, two light night games, the two most friendly light night schedule games. Excuse me. Uh, they play the Buffalo Sabers in both of those games. Uh, they have the they, they are the tenth easiest matchup according to our team rating. Uh, Owen Tippett probably the top Flyers uh, target at thirty six percent owned. Tippett's early season results won't jump off the page, but I think he's due for better days ahead. Tippett is averaging an impressive. 3.9 shots on goal and 7.6 shot attempts per game, but is shooting just 3.2%. He's a 9.8% career shooter. Uh, so with this shot volume, it's still reasonable to expect a 30 goal plus uh, 30 plus goal season from Tippett this year. Additionally, he's posted uh, four assists in eight games with a 6.2 on a shooting percentage. So uh, he's due for positive regression in both the personal shooting and the on a shooting percentage departments. Um, and that could kick in this week, given their great matches. Sean Couturier just center eligible at 24% owned after missing all of last year and 135 games over the last two seasons. Couturier looks healthy. He's playing well so far and he has scored two goals with five assists, seven points in eight games while averaging 2.3 shots on goal per game and 1934 time on ice per game. Couturier will be playing, obviously, massive minutes at 5v5. Continues to see a spot on that top power play unit, making him a reliable streaming option this week. As I said, uh, the availability is the great ability and also usage. If you can find guys that are going to play a bunch this week and, and get them in your lineup, you're getting 20 minutes out of them. That's huge. Uh, moving on to his line mate, Cam Atkinson, who's 20% owned right wing eligible. Like Couturier, Atkinson uh, looks like his vintage self after missing all of last season. He's averaging 4.5 shot attempts per game and has picked up eight points, five goals, three assists in eight games so far. His 23.8 shooting percentage and 12.5 on a shooting percentage suggest that he's been pretty fortunate so far, although it doesn't really matter. For a week-to-week -week basis, if he can stay hot for one more week, we don't really care. Are we going to keep him on our roster for the rest of the season? 
Probably not. But at the moment, he provides a very solid floor and a nice ceiling if he stays hot. To me, he's a great streaming candidate thanks to his usage. He's on the top line with Couture, also on the top power play unit, and he's averaging 17 and a half minutes per game with terrific shot volume. Joel Farabee at 5% owned is, is a more of a deeper league target than the first two I've mentioned. Farabee enters the week on a five-game point streak. He's picked up three goals and two assists in the process. Uh, Farabee's minutes have dropped so far this season, but he's kind of fixed it by increasing his shot volume somehow. I'm not really sure how that's uh, possible, but while he won't maintain a 23.5 shooting percentage, the bump in shot volume is a welcome sign. And if he starts to see more minutes, which he did in their most recent game, then he could increase that shot volume even more at the moment. He's an integral part of their middle six and their second power play unit. And is one of the best deep league targets uh, for streaming this week. His line mate, Bobby Brink might be a slightly better than uh, better option than Fairby though. They play together at 5v5, but Brink sees the more valuable power play usage. He's on the top power play unit, so I like that Bobby Brink a little bit more. The 2019 second-round pick has six points, two goals, four assists, and seven shot, uh, seven games. Excuse me. Uh, he also has four points, two goals, two assists in his last two games. Has not been afraid to shoot either. 4.1 shot attempts per game. That's great news because Brink has an absolutely deadly shot. So if he continues to fire four or five shots per game, um, he's going to get some goals. Lastly, we've got the New Jersey Devils. Uh, the Devils were on the top of the list last week, but the problem with the Devils is their offense is so concentrated to their top end guys. You heard at the top uh, some of the players of last week were, were Jack Hughes and Tyler Toffoli and, and uh, Jesper Bratt. It's just so concentrated at the top that it doesn't leave a lot of scraps for the remainder of these Devils. Like Andre Palat plays in the top six. He did nothing last week. Dawson Mercer is not even getting shots on goal. The one guy I think you can look to, again, the Devils would be my last, like the last list, uh, last on the list in terms of targets this week because they just do not uh, have a lot of options outside of their top end guys. With that being said, they have the third easiest average opponent rating this week of 62.7 and two light night games. So, you know, your Jack Hughes, your Tyler Tafoli, your Jesper Bratt, your Nico Heischers, your, your Dougie Hamilton, your Luke Hughes, that we, which we mentioned earlier, he would be a streaming option, more of a, a long-term pickup, but this would be a great time to get him. Uh, so yeah, those guys are probably due for massive weeks again. They're going to have huge weeks, but the one guy that I would at least consider streaming is Eric Howla, left wing eligible at 21% owned. He's really the only reasonable devil streamer, and that's because of his shot volume. He's averaging 2.7 shots per game right now. He averaged over two shots per game last year. Um, and that provides him with at least decent floor if he fails to get on the score sheet. So um, I would try to target players with better usage, especially guys that are going to be on the top power play unit like Bobby Brink before Howla. But if you're desperate, Howla is an okay option. Anyways, that is going to do it for another edition of the DFO Morning Report. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. This is always presented by Betway. See you next time. 